BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, hello, friends, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Dream Bigger podcast. Today's guest is Callie Rykus, a badass former journalist and pro boxer who founded Bolo Inc. Bolo stands for Body Love and is a fitness studio here in Toronto, which offers people an all-encompassing space where they can go to a workout class, get their hair done, and catch up with friends over a smoothie. I had a blast recording this episode because Callie is a ray of sunshine and was full of amazing tips for fitness junkies, newbies, and just people who are looking to chase their dreams. We talk about her fitness journey as a pro boxer and transition into being an entrepreneur, tips for people who are just dipping their toes into the world of wellness, heavy lifting for women, staying healthy yet balanced at holiday parties, and so much more. But before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to remind you guys to please leave a review if you enjoy today's episode, or any episode for that matter. Your reviews mean the world to me and help me bring you guests just like Callie. So with further ado, or without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Okay, so Callie, to start, tell me about your background. What did you study? What was your first job out of college? I want to know everything. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> Loaded <Wow>. question. <laughs> How much time do you have? I um I actually did my degree in well, I started as a vocal major. Mm-hmm. Very few people know that. I was a, I was a singer. Ooh. Um and um realized that I wasn't gonna be a rock star and took my creativity and sort of started um, morphing it into a dream of being a journalist. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I'm old, so this was many, many years ago. Um, it was sort of before the entertainment boom, mm-hmm. before like all the entertainment blogs and the gossip shows mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And so I thought to be a journalist, I had to study politics because I thought that it meant I had to be like a news journalist. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was as I was studying and I was sort of like writing for school newspapers, again, remember blogs didn't exist yet. Yeah. Um, I was writing for the like, U of T newspaper and stuff like that. I started really... U of T alum as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I started really finding myself wanting to write more about like entertainment, uh, lifestyle, um, beauty, fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up getting an internship at Flair Magazine. Okay. And also realized that that wasn't for me. I mm-hmm. didn't want to write about things that were going to happen in six months. I wanted to write about the things that were happening right in that moment. Mm-hmm. And someone said to me, like, oh, girl, you need to work in, like, gossip TV. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, is that a job? And then I found my way to eTalk. Mm-hmm. I was literally 20 
Um, I became an intern there and I spent um, almost 10 years at CTV after that as a TV producer. So I got my degree in poli-sci and then used none of it. Um, and I, um, I became eventually like a senior producer at eTalk. I then helped develop the, sh the show, The Social. Yeah. And, uh, during this time I was also, uh, a competitive boxer. Mm -hmm. I was sort of like always into fitness, mm -hmm. got into competitive boxing during my twenties while I was a producer. Mm -hmm. And after I left, um, eTalk and started at The Social, I started to realize that my dream was to bring in my passion for fitness into my professional realm. Mm. So I um, got certified in all of the things, personal training, boxing, coaching, nutrition, etc. And I started just um, creating fitness content for the social. Mm -hmm. And then when I sort of realized that there was like a max for me there, mm -hmm. I left to go freelance. Mm -hmm. um, so I could pursue, pursue further being sort of a wellness and health journalist. Amazing. Yeah. And, and then, then it was sort of like through that, um, you know, all my friends are like, oh, you're certified now. Can you train me? Can you yeah. teach me to box? And eventually um, I was sort of like convinced to start teaching a boxing class. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't think I'd like it and I fell in love with it um, immediately teaching. And so for the last like four or five years, I've been writing and training mm -hmm. um, sort of like in a dual kind of ways yeah writing all day training all night kind of thing and it was during this experience of this sort of dueling life mm. that I felt like there was a missing piece in the industry and yeah. that I was being sort of left unsatisfied by the facilities that are in Toronto mm. I needed a place where I could like sit down get some work done get a sick workout in have good vibes around me um, I didn't want to continue to end up at Starbucks all the time, no offense yeah. to Starbucks, but it's just like, it's the place you go when you have nowhere else to be. Totally. And I wanted a place that I felt like I wanted to be in mm -hmm. and I wasn't finding that. And so I created my own business called Bolo. I love do it. All those things. I love it. Um, and your classes are amazing. Like I've been to your boxing classes, um, and they're so fun. And I, I love that you've created such an all encompassing space because I was telling Callie, like right before we got into the interview, like I love going and taking my laptop there and working and it's cool that you've kind of created a space like that, which was missing in Toronto. I felt like, yeah. Um, I sort of didn't know I was going to do it until I realized I had to. Yeah. Like it, I didn't set out in my life to create this kind of like groundbreaking facility in Toronto. Um, I just knew what I was missing and I knew what I needed and um, felt really passionately all of a sudden that it yeah. was the thing that I was meant to do was to bring this type of, of sort of one-stop shop facility to urban Toronto so was it when you saw this gap that you realized that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Do you feel like you had that sort of quality in you from before? Yeah, good question. I mean, I never identified myself as an entrepreneur, certainly, mm -hmm. but I always felt like creatively stunted a little bit. Like mm -hmm. even even at eTalk, and I loved my time at eTalk, and even at the social, and I loved my time at the social, and even writing for all these big magazines, um... I always felt like I needed more room to play and express myself. Mm -hmm. Like I was kind of like, I felt like I'd outgrown expressing myself through TV and through um, like the written word. And um, so instead of seeing myself as, as an entrepreneur, I think at first I just saw this as like a new creative outlet for myself. Mm -hmm. um, now I certainly see myself as an entrepreneur and like, 
is the first way I would identify myself now, although that took a while. I was sort of like in an identity crisis where I was like still calling myself a journalist even after I'd opened Bolo. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, like a year later, definitely that's that's a big piece of who I am. Yeah, I mean, you certainly are like a self-starter and you've created this amazing business. Like yeah. for sure, that's how I see you. <laughs> yeah, it's funny though, like how we limit our own identities just totally. based on our past and stuff. So I spent most of my life in television and that's kind of how I was like, saw myself and um I'm grateful that that has evolved um and has caught up with my actual real life work but I think sometimes we can get really caught up in these sort of definitions and it's tough to adjust them yeah 100 percent so tell me about your most pivotal challenger mistake so what I mean by that is one that felt terrible at the time but that you learned a lot from oh my god so many of them in the last year. Um, I would say I didn't know kind of like the depth of, of making mistakes until the last year. Like mm-hmm. I've lived a hundred lives since <laughs> I opened Bolo. Um, a lot of people don't know that um, before we moved into our pop-up with Nixware, mm-hmm. we were actually meant to move into a whole different space. Mm-hmm. It was still meant to be a pop-up style thing, but it was a whole different space. Um and we were supposed to move in there November 1st. Mm-hmm. And um, October 31st, I remember it was Halloween night. It was probably one of the worst nights of my life. Mm-hmm. We found out that we were no longer allowed to move into that space. And all my equipment, all my gym equipment was being delivered the next day. Um, oh we had God. renovated. I had offered jobs to uh, fellow trainers in the city. Um, and it completely fell through the night before. And... It was a low moment and obviously the big error, I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't as in control of the deal as I should have been or as mm-hmm. I would be now. And that's mm-hmm. a really good lesson. Uh, but it was through that kind of accident and that error that we found the pop-up with Nixware and that Nixware extended that invitation to us to join them mm-hmm. um, right across from where we are now, um, which is the most pivotal moment for Bolo mm-hmm. to be right on the corner where we were going to be in our permanent space, Mm -hmm. start building that community, have the exposure of of this large company in partnership with us, um, was was really priceless. I think it worked out. So guys, um, just to give you a little bit of background, they launched as initially a pop-up with Nixware, and then they moved across the street, right? Like That's how it worked? I was always looking on that corner for yeah. what we now call Big Bolo, which yeah. is the salon, cafe, gym hybrid. Uh-huh. Um, so we knew we wanted to be there. Um, yeah. When we were going to do, do it by ourselves, the pop-up, we couldn't afford to be right on that corner, mm-hmm. although we still planned on moving everything there. So mm-hmm. we were just meant to be down the street on Queen West. Um, and yeah, this accident sort of like plopped us exactly where we needed to be. I mean, it's this- it's... It's crazy, like, listening to this story. It's like, I think sometimes things happen and they feel so terrible. And then you later look back on it and you're like, oh, my gosh, like, it worked out for a reason. Almost always. Yeah, it's crazy. It was, I don't remember a time where I felt, I remember saying to my husband that night, like, this is Mm -hmm. what rock bottom feels like. Like, I was, and I'm not a super emotional person, but I was, like, on the floor sobbing. Like, I I can imagine, like, and the reason why I told you it was going to be November 1st is because... We were in the pop-up on November 13th. We opened our doors. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, you bounced Savage. back really quick. Savagery. <laughs> it was really mental. Oh, my gosh. That's, I, like, listening to that story, like, makes me anxious. 
Uh, it was a time. <laughs> I bet. Oh, man. Okay, so changing directions a little, you mentioned that you were a competitive boxer. So how did you fall into that, and what does your fitness routine currently look like? Um, yeah, so I've always just been really into sports and fitness, mm. sort of through my high school career um, and all the way through my early 20s. Um, I was sort of challenged by a guy friend of mine. Again, remember, this is like almost 15 years ago. Yeah. I know, it sounds crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so old. Uh, but, yeah, like, boxing wasn't cool yet. Some of my guy friends were going to this underground sort of grungy boxing gym and they challenged me um saying sort of like oh if you think you're fit why don't you try a boxing class the hardest thing ever Uh I was like no worries I'll see you there and I went there and I threw one punch and I have never felt so exhilarated um it didn't take very long to realize that I had found sort of like my calling and Mm. I'm sort of like mad that I didn't find it sooner I just fell in love with it um yeah, and so I, I'm still in love with boxing. I don't compete yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, I think you have, like, this fearlessness in your 20s and in your teens that doesn't carry through to your 30s, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. So, um, and I think once you have fear, you kind of can't really fight in the way that you need to to mm-hmm. sort of, like, have that ruthless winning mentality because you're sort of, like, aware of the repercussions. Um, I've also... Um, suffered from some health issues that I just feel like boxing, you know, getting hit in the head isn't really worth it anymore. And I, and I realized also that I can still very much be invested in the sport without competing. So having said that, I still have the same trainer. We train every week. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a big piece of what I do. Uh, but I've also learned the value of balance and cross training. So, um, I used to box seven days a week, not, not kidding. Oh my God. Seven days. Um, I also suffered from some, you know, very severe, I would say, body dysmorphia and exercise addiction. Really? So I would say, you know, even looking back, even for competitive boxers now, I would say do not box seven days a week, but I would mm-hmm. have anxiety if I didn't. So it was sort of my coping mechanism. Um, anyways, but now, I, you know, I only box once or twice a week, and then mm-hmm. I fill the rest of my schedule with the things that I – other things that I love that also um, improve my fitness and improve my performance in the ring um, – that's amazing. Like, what a story. And it's really cool that you've kind of recovered from that body dysmorphia because, like, I do think that Bolo is a space that, I don't know, I feel like it has a really, like, positive, high-vibe energy that, yeah, yeah it, like, really resonates. It, it doesn't feel, like, intimidating or somewhere where I feel, like, body-conscious. Like, none of that. It's really positive. Thank so I you. love that. It means a lot. Um, well, Bolo stands for body love. So there's There that. we go. Um our technical name is Body Love Inc. So that is no coincidence. Yeah. Um, part of the Bolo inspiration came mm-hmm. from me wanting to provide women and, and people. It's not just for women, mm-hmm. but um, a space where they could come and, and work out and challenge themselves and do their best and mm-hmm. sweat as much as they want, but all under the sort of umbrella idea that you're moving because you love yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and to nurture yourself and make yourself more powerful uh, versus what I did, which was to use the gym to sort of deplete myself, punish myself, Mm. um, and try to change who I was. Uh, So certainly, overall, everything that we do there uh, is to encourage people to, yes, like push yourself to whatever limit you feel like, 
but only do it because it feels good and because um because you love yourself well the narrative is so different right and I've definitely I can relate to that in the sense that like I've gone to the gym and it's been more like of a negative experience like oh like I have to be here and like I have to push myself to like I'm feel like I'm dying you know and like just like not even really enjoying the process whereas like there's there was a shift that happened with me as well that it was like no like I'm gonna go to the gym because it makes me feel really good and I can like you know I, I come out and I feel really good about myself and not not for vanity reasons but more so because this is what fuels me and makes me feel good and makes my body more functional you know yeah. so I think there's like two different ways of looking at it yeah I don't and I and I like to say because I think sometimes people are like there's nothing wrong with having a physical goal and mm-hmm. absolutely there isn't but mm-hmm. I think it's all about the attitude mm-hmm. um I think having a physical goal with any attitude other than like supporting yourself Mm -hmm. or loving yourself will never be a long lasting change. Um, only when we perform these activities out of love and and out of the fact that they feel good when we're done or when we're doing it, um, will we actually continue with it and continuing with it is what's going to create, you know, your physical goal achievement. Yeah, totally. It's kind of like, it's this big sort of circle. I think a side effect of loving movement and Mm. falling in love with, you know, a certain style of exercise or, or whatever it is, um, will create, you know, some kind of physical change. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost like a result because you're doing something positive for yourself because you love it and then you see the changes, you know, and you stick with it because it feels good. Absolutely. Yeah. Such, I mean, this is, it's really, really good advice. Um, so what's your advice for someone who wants to start getting in shape, but doesn't know where to start? Yeah. Well, I think, um, exploration Mm. is a big thing for me. So another part of, of the body love sort of schedule um, that was really important to me was offering a diverse range of movements. Certainly some people categorize us as a boxing gym, but boxing is really only 30% of what we do. Yeah. There's so many classes there. Yeah. We have two studios. One is a regular temperature studio where you Uh do your hit classes like boxing and boot camp and TRX. And we have a class called power hour, which is all about like powerful explosive movement. Mm. Um, and then we have a hot room, which sits at 36 to 40 degrees Celsius. Uh, and we do everything but yoga. So it's really not your typical hot studio. We do everything from Pilates to band workouts um, to Tabata, which is an interval style. Uh, so we're really like pushing the limits um, of how people consume fitness. Mm-hmm. And also, we are a boutique studio, but I think part of the problem with some of the boutique studios in Toronto in this trend is that boutique studios generally only offer one style of movement, totally. which is why something like class has become mm-hmm. popular. And in my opinion, something like ClassPass has been great for the community aspect because you're always in a different place. It's it's great to explore, but then you kind of never get to plant your roots. So with Bolo, what I wanted to do was create a schedule where you could have that diversity, Mm -hmm. um, explore all these different kind of movements, find the ones that you love most, um, and then still plant your roots in a boutique kind of intimate environment. Um, so back to your question, I would say exploration is, is number one. I think so much of the time we look on Instagram or we're influenced by, you know, the trends that are taking place and we don't stop to ask ourselves how it felt, Mm. um, whether we liked it. We just kind of allow someone else to tell us that it's what we should do. Right. And especially for people who don't have a ton of experience moving their body, maybe they think, oh, this is just how it's supposed to feel. So they end up going to the workouts that 
um, other people might be publicizing, but they haven't really been intuitive in their own body. Mm-hmm. So I think when you start to explore different types of workouts, whether it be a hot yoga or um, a TRX or a boot camp or a boxing, um, you can kind of start to feel how your body feels in yeah. different settings under different conditions mm-hmm. and decide what you really enjoy. We even have a class called Primal Flow, which is um, inspired by Animal Flow, which is a style of movement where you kind of like crawl around on the floor like an animal. It sounds absurd, but it's my literal obsession and it's... I got to try it. <laughs> it's an incredible workout. It's in the hot room. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's something that people might not know to try, but in my experience, just watching people kind of discover it at Bolo amongst the other kind of more standard workouts, mm. it's like this revolutionary, like, oh my God, I didn't know my body could do that. And like this invigorating feeling of, of this sort of creative way to move your body, mm-hmm. um, which is really exciting. So I would say just like try everything, try everything and only do the things that make you feel best. That's honestly probably one of the best pieces of advice I've gotten for fitness and like for people who are just starting out don't know where to start like that's amazing because I remember when I was getting into fitness I would force myself to run and I I hate running yeah okay and like for me I'm also someone who's like okay well like there's you know like it's just because I'm not trying hard enough you know what I mean and I tell myself that and then one day I was like telling my dad, I was like, oh, like I'm like really dragging ass. I'm like forcing myself, like I'm trying to get to like three three miles. Okay. And like, can you imagine like such a hard task, like three miles? Like honestly, what even is that? And my dad is like, you need to stop. This is just not something that's suitable for you. You don't enjoy it. Why are you doing it? And then yeah. I was like, wait, why am I doing it? Just because, okay. yeah, like thank God, yeah. right? So I was like, it's true, like, just because I'm not good at running and it's not something I enjoy doesn't mean that it shows anything less about myself. Like, I can oh find, God, no. yeah. It's one of a million things you could possibly exactly. do. Exactly, exactly. Like mm-hmm. You know? But, like, people don't think that, right? Like, if you're just starting out, like, maybe you think that running is the way to go and because everyone else is doing it and you're like, but wait, why is this so incredibly difficult and it never gets easier, yeah. you know? So... Mm-hmm. Such a good piece of advice. So things can feel difficult, um, and that's okay. Yeah. But I think the most important question, in my opinion, is how did you feel when you finished? Totally, yes. Um, and I do that to myself, too. Like, sometimes I'll do a workout, and I'll feel super depleted after, and mm-hmm. I'll realize that that was not the workout for me that day. Yes, absolutely. Um, and and it's totally natural at the beginning to sort of try different things and, and to put like weird prescriptions on yourself because you're sort of still experimenting. Yeah. Um, and then I would also say just like be kind to yourself if it wasn't like super successful moment one. And this is something that happens a lot in boxing because boxing is, um, you know, highly, a highly coordinated sport. There's a lot to think about. Yeah. There's a lot to remember. <laughs> And a lot of people get frustrated yeah. and feel like they kind of like quote unquote failed, mm-hmm. and that will deter them from coming back. Um, but it's also important to remember that anything you're starting new is gonna be a little awkward at first, um, and that's also not always a bad thing either. Again, I feel like it's just about like body intuition, yeah. and kind of really following, you know, what your body is enjoying. Kind of let your head relax a little bit, like let your brain kind of settle. 
and follow what feels good in your body. Such a good piece of advice. Okay, so also how often do you think someone should be working out and what is your recommendation from so- for someone who has like a nine to five? Oh my God, I don't think I can answer that like carte blanche for everybody. Okay. I, like, I don't think there's a, a like a best schedule. Again, mm-hmm. I think it's dependent on the person, person and what yeah. feels good for them. Um, what kinds of workouts they're doing. Um rest is really important so I would say definitely not seven days a week totally uh but sometimes I work out five days and sometimes I work out six sometimes I work out two it depends on what's happening in my life Mm -hmm. um I would say two days a week for me feels not great because exercise is sort of like my form of self-care meditation it's when I kind of like clear my head it's Mm -hmm. the time I spend by myself Mm -hmm. so if I haven't worked out it probably means something like psycho is having it happening in my life and I just haven't been able to get there which is like not great. Yeah. Um, but then I think for someone starting out, like I would definitely start slow. Mm-hmm. I think two to three days a week is great. Mm-hmm. I would do a diverse range of shit. <laughs> Sorry. Fine. <laughs> and, um, and yeah. And then, you know, go from there. Never work out because you think you have to. Love that. It's a good tip. Um, Okay, so with the holidays around the corner, people tend to overindulge. So what are some tips you have for staying fit during this time of year, like having that kind of balance? Yeah, I hate the word overindulge because I think like we are allowed to indulge as much or as little as we want. Mm -hmm. Um, I sort of am kind of anti-limitations. I do believe in balance, um, but I don't believe limitations. I believe like limiting yourself will in the end backfire no matter what so mm-hmm. like, I'm never gonna I'm not gonna have any pie whatever it is or like stuffing or I'm not gonna have any sugar over Christmas like yeah. fail you're gonna fail I'm sorry. you're like setting yourself up to fail. fail like it's not and possible it's, and you're not gonna fail because you suck you're gonna fail because that goal sucks yeah it's just um, unrealistic. It's not realistic. So like why don't we set ourselves up for success mm-hmm. and have positive language around it so I um I think moderation is key, but I think allowing yourself to indulge in the things that your body is kind of craving or that makes you happy is really important, especially over the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say stay super hydrated. I would say if, if you're going to cut anything, I would say try to limit your alcohol because I think we all make you know less kind of conscious decisions when we've had more alcohol. Um, and I would say have a little bit of everything and just like chill out you know um chill out be kind to yourself and if you're going to indulge really really enjoy it yeah like savor those moments really take your time and appreciate them don't rush through them don't mindlessly do it Mm -hmm. the like the the least productive indulgence is the one you kind of weren't present for yeah I love that like a good tip crunch the shit out of it, enjoy it, mm-hmm. um, and move on without guilt. Um, and then I would say just stay active. I think like we always make better choices for our body when we've been moving. Um, so like I always finish a workout and think to myself, like I need more water and like vegetables. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that's not cause I'm forcing myself. It's just cause what my body wants after I've done, um, such great work for it that it just like wants to be fueled with something um, healthy and nutritious nourishing yeah. yeah and and whole food yeah so I would say like 
move even if it's 10 to 20 minutes a day. Yeah. Um, there's tons of awesome workouts online that are 10 minutes long that you could do in your mom's, you know, basement. Um, and I would say that that will probably set you up for really good success. Amazing. So you spoke about, you just kind of touched on alcohol, like maybe limiting it. Do you have any like tips for yourself? Like what's the kind of drink that you like to enjoy when you're out? Yeah. So, um, I like the odd cocktail. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say I cut almost everything with soda water. Mm -hmm. That way, um, I don't feel like I'm missing out on, on having the drinks I want. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also hydrating in the process. Yeah. Um, and I'm consuming less alcohol. So even, uh, if I'm going to opt for wine, I'll make it into a spritzer. I'll take half the glass of white and then fill the rest with soda, fill it with ice. It's pretty delicious. Then you don't feel like you're sacrificing anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's... I would say that's probably like my go-to tip. Guys, with like the holidays coming up, I know everyone's going to be drinking. So that's like a really, really great tip because people are always around wine and then yeah. like it's just like one glass leads to and four. You actually feel like okay the next day. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You've been drinking all the water. Yeah, totally. <laughs> okay. So now I wanted to ask you what are your thoughts on heavy lifting for women? Definitely. Um, I see a huge shift, mm-hmm. which is amazing because heavy lifting is really good for you. Yeah. Um, I would say everything in moderation. So if I were to do a heavy lifting day with my trainer, it would be once a week. Mm. We go really, really heavy and Mm. I need a serious protein snack right after. And I take usually the day off after um, because you need uh, time for your muscles to recover. But 100%, I think um, people see massive results when they start incorporating some heavy lifting Mm. into the mix. Um, it's amazing for your bones. Um, and yeah, I, I'm a big fan. The reason I ask is because like, I'm like you, right. And I know, uh, I know that like, that's, it's good for you and it's something I enjoy doing, but there are still people I'm friends with even who are like, Oh my God, like, should you be heavy lifting? Because like, they're worried about, like bulking yes, out. exactly. So, and I know that that's not necessarily the case. So that's why I wanted to get you to talk about it because yeah. I think like, you know, I think the common person knows a lot less because there may be a little less researched. So it's always interesting to get totally. people like your thoughts and on I think it. Sort of old myths die hard. Yeah. And- um, and yeah, there, there has always been that prevailing attitude from women that, that, you know, lifting heavy will bulk you. Um, I would implore them to go even on Instagram and check out some of the, you know, dopest lifters in Toronto and yeah. check out kind of like their aesthetic. Um, some of the most badass chicks who lift the heaviest weight, um, you know, are trim and strong and beautiful and in their, by no means do they look like quote-unquote masculine or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I would say if you're going to incorporate heavy lifting and you're not sure where to start, get mm-hmm. a great lift coach. Even if you only work with them um, four or five times, maybe ask for it for Christmas or something like that, um, I would say get a professional to write your program, tell them what your goals are, and you will not be disappointed. Amazing. Okay, so talk to me about diet. What are your recommendations? Like, how do you usually eat? Not big on limitations. Having said that, I have some health concerns Mm -hmm. uh, where I have some issues with inflammation. Yes. So I've had to kind of eradicate gluten and dairy, um, which is tough for me because I don't like to say no to Mm -hmm. any one food group. 
Yeah. But this is less about my size and more about how my body feels. Yes. So um, that's been really good for me, and I know a lot of people feel much better uh, off dairy. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think our bodies were meant to eat a lot of it, so I would say limiting those things have been really good for me. I never say never about anything. Yeah. There are nights when my husband and I – want to go for a frozen yogurt and we just do it yeah totally Um, I mean life's too short unless you have like a proper disease stopping you like that's that's a whole different ball game but I'm the same like I have major skin issues that happen whenever whenever I eat gluten or dairy as well so I stay away from inflammatory foods but yeah like I'll go treat myself every now and then like it's fine for me more than every now and then like I just try to again it's the same thing as my advice for Christmas time or the holidays yeah I try to um indulge as much as I need to and savor the moments where I do um I try to drink a lot of water um and just because of how my body feels in the morning, I don't usually eat till about 11 or 12. I'm not intermittent fasting on purpose. Mm-hmm. I don't have a regimen or a schedule. If I'm hungry or earlier, I'll eat. Mm-hmm. But I, my brain functions better, um, and I just kind of like feel better yeah. when I don't eat till a little bit later in the morning. Cool. Um, if someone wants a, like a snack, like a good-for-you snack, what would you recommend? Um... I'm really into bone broth right now. Me too. I'm obsessed. It's so good. So good. Bone broth is an amazing snack because, A, it's hydrating and it has so many good um, nutrients in there for you, collagen, and it will also fill you up. And I find sometimes all we need is just, like, something to fill us with some of that good stuff. And um, we might not actually need as big of a snack as we think we do. Yeah. I'm also really into Susie's Good Fat Bars. Yes, yeah, yeah. I've been it's having it. I actually posted bowl. about it on Instagram as well. Like, I'm obsessed. It's so good. It's my favorite bar. It's the only one that doesn't give me a stomachache, to mm. be honest. Um, we keep them in the fridge, and they're amazing. So sometimes I'll have one of those if I'm hungrier than just eating some broth. And then, like, good old carrots and hummus. Like, you really can't beat it. Yeah. yeah. I think the um, the bone broth one is a really good tip. Yeah. Because I usually mix bone broth into, um, like, my, my soup. Like, I make soup with bone yeah. broth, basically. But I love the idea of just, like, having it as a snack. Like, I'll get it to sip on when I'm out, but yeah. I'm going to start doing that at home. Yeah, I do it at home and at the gym. We carry ripe nutrition at Bolo. Yeah. And we'll put it in a coffee cup, just, like, as though you were drinking a tea and you can kind of sip on it. Um, and And I love, I love, love, love it. So good. Okay, so tell me about your self-care tips. Oh, I wish I had better ones. I, um... Like, share your top one. Yeah, I'm not, like, great at self-care right now, just because entrepreneurly. Yes. (laughs) Um, I would say the things I do for myself that are luxuries Mm -hmm. are... Um, snuggling with my dogs. So cute. Uh, I know that's such a lame answer. It's, it's not. Really true. No, you know what? It's not. Because, like, I think self-care doesn't have to be this, like, big, like, luxurious, over-the-top yeah. massage. Like, it can be the small things that bring you joy and you take time totally. to, like, make yourself feel good. And I try to remind people of that because, you know, on Instagram, things can get a little bit kind of, um, like, we're so big on comparing ourselves to what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. And I want people to know that my self-care doesn't look like, you know, me in a pretty gold mask in a bathtub ever. 
Yeah. And that's okay for me, that's too. That's fine, yeah. I, I kind of, like, sometimes I'm, like, nostalgic for that. I'm like, oh, I wish I could do that. or But I'm not that person either. Mm-hmm. Um, so, snuggling my dogs. Uh, we also have a hot tub in our backyard. So, if I could sneak out. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> and get into the hot tub. I love the hot tub. Um, I never go in it alone. I always go with my husband. And it's kind of a time. Um, it's, like, technology-free. So, you can't bring your phone into the hot tub. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just like really nice uninterrupted sort of quality time. Yeah. Most of the time we're just talking about business, but it still feels really chill. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. And then um, exercise every day, something, something small even. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's just like going for a walk, going to the hot room at Bolo, uh, jumping on my own treadmill, um, whatever I can do even if it's only 20 minutes, just mm-hmm. to clear my head and, and get into my body um, in a more mindful way. I love that. All really great tips. Amazing. Um, so before we wrap, tell everyone where they can find you. So you can find me at Bolo all day, every day, <laughs> literally, except right now, um, which is at 364 Richmond Street West, right yeah. in the corner of Richmond and Peter. Uh, Instagram there is Bolo Inc. And I'm a Cali Fit. Amazing. I'll, I'll link to all her social stuff um, on the show notes. Thank you so much for being here, Kelly. Thank you.